0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: that Nation, welcome to another edition of Believe in Saints. He is the receiver, Terrence Copper, and I am your host, David Grubb. Saints training camp is underway. The pads are popping, and the New Orleans Saints are getting ready the 2023 season. TC, there are a lot of plot lines to follow throughout camp. But first, you, as a veteran of of many training camps, when you make that transition, particularly in New Orleans, which you went through a few training camps down here in this heat, when Mm -hmm. you go from the notepads for the first five days, and you know you're going kind of light, just basic installs, and you got the fan day where the fans come out, you're just doing the fun plays, doing Mm one-on-ones and things like that. Now it's Monday and you got to put on the pads and people got to get hit. What is the difference when you go home for that last practice with no pads and you come in that first morning and now we're going to be hitting?
0: Uh, it's tough. It's tough. It's not so it's not so tough during the practice because, like, so you just that's part of practice. It's when you get home is once that practice is over with, you know, you're so sore, uh, you got lactic acid, your neck is sore because you're hitting more. Uh, so it's like you find a lot of different pains, you know, that you usually wouldn't have, especially when you're just practicing with helmets on. But once you start hitting, man, when I tell you your, your body really start getting sore, the best thing they can do is start taking care of their bodies after practice, getting into cold tubs, getting massages. Like those things have to happen.
1: How long did it take you to figure that stuff out from the vets when they were like, boy, you better get in that tub, get some ice, you better go get that massage after the How? What year was it that you were finally like, oh, I better pay attention to what these dudes are doing?
0: Sucks. Year three, when I got to New Orleans, (laughs) I'm not even playing. When I got to New Orleans, because I was just coming from Dallas. And you know, Dallas is hot. It's hot in Dallas. But Dallas is more like a dry heat.
1: And that training camp is out in California, out in Oxnard. It's out
0: in California. Exactly. It's out in Oxnard. It's out in Oxnard, California. But when I got to New Orleans and I felt the humidity, the first day of practice, I promise you, I thought it was going to cut me. The first day of practice. (laughs) I was like, man, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna make it because of the humidity. So it takes some time to get it, to get used to it and make that adjustment uh, because of the humidity, how, how humid it is down there.
1: That adjustment between balancing indoor practices and outdoor practices certainly. Plus, New Orleans gets a lot of rain in the summer as well, which impacts the way your practice schedule goes. How does that impact you? The change between indoor and outdoor. It does. It doesn't
0: impact it that much. Now, it impacts in a positive way, I could say that, not not anything negative, because players get more upbeat, they have more energy when they're indoors, and they don't have to face the elements outside. So it doesn't impact anything negatively, but it definitely picks up the intensity because, you know, it's it's a controlled environment. There's no heat, there's humidity, there's, there's no cold, it's just a controlled environment. Uh, you don't have to deal with the elements of the weather. And you can really just stick to football, get to football, what you love doing and not really fight the temperature.
1: One of the things that have been critical for the Saints the last couple of years have been injuries. Attendance so far at camp has been very good. Um, Andrews Pete was the only player to miss uh, today's workout um, with a slight injury. Trevor Penning has dealt with the foot injury already in camp, but, you know, he's looked pretty good when he's been on the field. The only major injury so far has been the loss of Trey Turner, who came back home wanted to play in New Orleans for his hometown team, but gets injured and lost for the season. So the offensive line, which already was kind of looking for some stability, loses somebody that they were hoping could contribute right off the bat.
0: Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Like that O-line and D-line, I feel like those positions, I'm not going to say are wide open, but those two position groups are position groups that we really need guys to stay healthy and guys to emerge from those position groups if we're trying to be the type of team, type of caliber team that we know we can be and uh, with the guys on this roster. So, you know, that's that's tough when you lose an offensive lineman. The good thing about that is it's going to force other guys to learn other positions across that offensive of line. Like, so you're going to learn if you play guard, you might have to learn the right guard, left guard, uh, if you can learn the tackle. So it's, it's center. It's so many guys It's probably going to have to cross play and understand different positions because of guys that get injured.
1: Yeah, there are only two guys who ain't moving, and that's Ramchick is not moving from his spot, and we're not moving at center. Ruiz right. could move up and down the line, and that could we could see that. Um, Penning could move depending on how he develops. But, yeah, this this line – and that's part of the good thing about it. Calvin Throckmorton has played multiple positions. Most of these guys have played multiple positions along the line. Cesar in particular has played both guard and center now on this line. So I think it's – yeah, they have to be versatile. And if you are going to get an injury, you'd kind of rather it happen at the beginning of camp like that if you're going to lose somebody because, like you said, you can immediately start giving those reps away and you haven't gotten too far into people's uh, roles uh, being defined.
0: Definitely. And it it all depends on how bad the injury is, not just saying this injury, but anybody injury. If it happened this early, you got a chance to bring another camp body in or another body to come in to kind of help fill that gap. Uh, I don't know if it'll be the type of caliber guy that you want to come in, but you can get some other guys in the building, especially with him being hurt that early.
1: You talked about the defensive line and we go to that side. Um, The rookie, Brian Breezy. He has gotten a lot of praise early. Um, they call him a natural interior pass rusher, um, which is something that this team has certainly needed over the last few years, has not gotten a lot of great push on the inside. Peyton Turner, now in a critical year for him, starting to show pressure in drills in camp, get to the quarterback consistently. How important is it for these younger guys on this defensive line? And there's a lot of young guys now on this on this D-line how important is it for them to come together quickly? And for as you said, somebody needs to emerge to, to be paired along with Cam Jordan.
0: Uh, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. The, the quicker the younger guys come along, you know, the better off we're going to be. It's going to build depth. Uh, and also, and it's going to push our older guys as well. You know, it's right now in training camp, everybody's competing. And I know as fans, we feel like certain guys got certain positions locked up, but Not necessarily, not necessarily. You know, those guys, those the older guys have to go out there and show they still have it. And the younger guys have to go out there and put pressure on them, even though we're teammates. But we're competing, you know, and whoever comes out of that fire after we compete is really going to be the guy for that job. And that's who you want to have the job. You know, so it's an open competition, It's always open competition training camp. You know, so the guys just got going to compete. The older, the older guys, they have to go out there and show they still have it. The younger guys have to go out there and show that they can push these guys, and they're able to play that position.
1: Yeah, I think the defensive line, um, it's it's so much about consistency, because especially with that interior push, and the Saints didn't give up a ton of points last year. They gave up 19 points a game, which, by and large, that's where you want to be. Between that 50 under 20, 15 to 20, if you can stay there you're going to feel pretty good about most games. But this pro- the problem was making big plays when you needed them. Getting off the field on third downs, which we saw was a problem, because that's usually where your pass rush wins and you get off the field there. We also saw in the secondary, and this is something that I think you should, you'd should you be able to, to, to really talk about, one of the big problems in the secondary last year, and this comes from a lack of pass rush too, is you end up, they, the Saints ended up with a lot of defensive pass interference penalties, particularly for long yardage. When you get back into camp, how do receivers and coaches work on eliminating those pass interference calls from the defensive end and then on the offensive end? How do you try to engage those and create those?
0: Defensively, you definitely have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined with your eyes. You have to be disciplined with your head. And when I say that, I mean, when I say discipline, it's like, let's say a receiver runs a go route and the ball's in the air. A lot of times when defensive backs aren't right there with them, they start to panic. And instead of them just turning their head around, sometimes they face guard. uh, Sometimes they they hit them before the ball get there. That's how those long yards pass interference plays come around. You know, so, and some of those things are real simple. That's just fundamental things. Just getting your head around, uh, playing his hands uh, instead of getting there early. When it comes to the receiver side of things, we're always looking to get that call. We're always looking to get the call. Uh, any type of bump we get, you know, we're looking for a flag, you know. So we we put a lot of pressure on referees to throw those flags, but also, but receivers we're always taught get the penalty, but also make the catch. That's the biggest thing we want. We want the penalty and we want the catch. Even though if we get the penalty, it's a spot foul, but we want the touchdown, you know. So let's get the. So if anything happens, guess what? We still got the penalty. We're still good. So receivers we're always looking to get those passing interference calls. And like I say, but the defensive backs, it's just fundamental work. It's fundamental work being in the right position and not being out of position. A lot of times defensive backs get in trouble so they get it out of position. And now they're grabbing a little bit more than they should.
1: How does the difference between those reps at camp compare to a game situation where you don't really have a full pass rush when you're when you're camp? You're not, it's not the same. You're not looking in the same way and checking for certain things. So you know tell talk about those one-on-one battles between corners and receivers and how that what's what you do in camp does set you up for the regular season when it it, it is such an individual skill set oh yeah that, that's all it is even though you're in camp it's still one-on-one
0: work even once the season starts up and we start going into games when you out there on that island especially if you're man to man if you out on that island it's the same type of work that you're getting in camp. You know, guys, it's it's basically one on one. We out on the island, man to man. Now we in zone is different because you got to look at different things. You got to bypass things off. You check for the number two receiver coming across, coming over. So it's a lot. It's different when you go in zone, but when you in man to man, it's just like when you in training camp doing one on ones. You have to lock this defender up. Is you one on one out in this island or in that slot? The same way you're gonna work in training camp. It's just now it's a game-time situation. But at the end of the day, that's why our interior, our defensive lineman interior, that's why it, it's huge when it comes to the, especially we're in man-to-man. If we're in man-to-man, we need to get our D-line our D to the quarterback right now and put pressure on them. Uh, so the D-line is a big part of this. It's not just – to me, I look at defense, everything goes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the better your pass rush, the better your DB is going to look. You know – And even sometimes the better your DBs are, the better your pass rush is going to look because they can lock guys up a little bit longer for the pass rush to get home. You know, so all those things go hand-to-hand when it comes to the defense side of the ball.
1: Um, The rest of the rookie class is getting a lot of high praise too. Kendra Miller uh, has gotten a lot of comparisons to Alvin Kamara already with his speed and his versatility. Alvin Kamara comes in. They say he looks as fresh as he's ever looked coming into camp. He still has his visit with the commissioner. Of course, to try to plead his case, I think he's still going to get probably four to six games just because you know that was violence on camera that got caught at a major league event. You know what I'm saying? Those kinds of things. The commission is going to come down. I think it's at least four to six, four games, somewhere between four to six. But when you look at that backfield with Jamal Williams, entered the NFL's top 100, as we saw, and then Ken, uh, Kendra Miller, they've got some talented backups.
0: They got some talent back. And that's honestly, that's one reason why Camaro is going to come in in the best shape of his life, because there are guys behind him that could not say they're better than he is, but
1: he's going through a lot of things right now. And these and, guys want to push him. And they, I, they I like with the, um, with the running back position going the way it is. We see what happened with Jonathan Taylor in, Indiana, in Indianapolis. We see what's happening with Dalvin cook. trying still trying to find a job. And we got these guys out here and we've talked about Alvin Kamara's usage over the last two years going really up. But his production coming really down and getting Mm -hmm. close to that age 30 year as you start creeping in. Yeah, he's got to be hearing some footsteps behind him because he was in that position once himself of being the guy to replace a guy.
0: That's right. So when he come into camp, he got to be at he got to be at his best friend. He got to be in the best shape of his life. Uh, He's going through these legal issues that's going on. And so, like I said, the running back. Locker room, the running back uh, uh, room is is full of great running backs that can really take his position and to show that their value is a little bit more than what he's bringing to the table for what he's worth. You know, so he really have to show that he's still Alvin Kamara uh, because he got a um, a meeting room full of good running backs that's that's itching to get him the field.
1: There's there's so much at the running back position because I don't know where you place Taysom Hill now because Taysom as we look at this there's four quarterbacks who are getting reps and Taysom's one of them Mm -hmm. he's going to line up at running back at some point at fullback or something you know what I mean he's going to get some short order carries at running back I don't know now if they play him at tight end anymore because now the tight end room last year that went from weakness. Is now five, six deep with the addition of Jimmy Graham coming back. And, and Jimmy is your third or fourth tight end right now. But those rookie guys, the young guys, are playing well too. You know, Foster Moreau looking good. Jawan John Johnson looking good. Lucas Crow looking good. Jesse James looking good. So now for Taysom, and we talked about this already where do you find his carries? Where do you find his touches? It, it's a good problem to have, but you better solve it you got to make sure you get him his touches
0: you have to and i think that comes i think you get him in the game strictly all packages it's going to because the running backs that you have you don't want to take those guys out mm-hmm. and like you mentioned with the tight end the tight end room those guys are making plays out there so you don't want to take those guys out either and then you got a good quarterback so it's and like, you got two backups that you're are trying <laughs> to exactly so you you definitely have to have packages for him Packages, offensively, a scheme, things for him offensively, like, and really be intent on these packages, but also special teams. He can get touches on special teams as well, uh, whether that be kick return. I'm not sure he's a punt returner. I wouldn't put him back at a punt, I return, a punt returner. But, no, Shucks, I'll let him run some kicks back. Let we've him seen run him kicks run kicks back. back. We've seen him do it. But the good thing about Hill, he can still affect the game without having a lot of carries mm-hmm. because he's so versatile. Like I say, he can be on the punt team going on to make a tackle. He can be on the kickoff team and do those things. He can return kicks. Uh, the fact that he's the utility guy, you can kind of put him in different places to affect the game and not necessarily turn around handing it off to him. Uh, so I think he's he's versatile, but we definitely have to find a way to get the ball in his hands. We have to find a way to use him. Uh, I'm just I
1: just want to see how we're going to use him this year. That's what I want to see. The preseason groupings are going to be incredible to see offensively because you have so many ways to mix and match. You can go two power backs. You can go two speed backs. You can go small in the slot. You can go big in the slot. Put Graham and Taysom Hill both in the slot. You know what I mean? There's so many options for this offense that it's kind of like you just sit there and you're like. You really need them – you kind of want them to see to get in game-type situations because that's what this group needs more than anything, it feels like, because you have so many veterans on the offense as well. they got to play. Like, for them, Mm -hmm. practice is fine. It's for timing into those things, but they've got to play. they got to get good reps.
0: They do. They do. Uh, And one thing that we're going to see as training camp go on, we have a lot of talent at training camp right now. And I know we're saying, you know, we got a, a locker room full of great tight ends, good tight ends, good running backs. But I hate to say it, all those guys not going to be here, nope. you know, and we're going to have to cut some good players. You know, so I know we got a lot of depth right now, but we're going to have to really, once we start narrow down this roster, there's going to be some good players and some, some surprising players that's going to get cut. And that's just the nature of the beast, especially when you have so much talent that's out there competing. You can't keep everybody. So, and, and me, I'm kind of biased, but me, I'm a special teams guy as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so the way a lot of these guys is going to get on this roster is they have to play special teams. They have to be dogs on special, and they have to show their worth, not just at their position, but you got to play some special teams as well. If you want to be a part of this team, if you want to travel uh, and not be inactive. So they All all of them have things they have to do because it's not going to be just cut and dry. It's going to be some surprises when this roster comes out.
1: So on those numbers, yeah, we talk about you get down to 53 and you just start looking at the offense. We know Derek Carr and Jameis Winston are both going to be on the roster at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Hayner's under contract. They're not going to practice squad him, so he has to stay on the roster. Taysom's going to be on the roster. What position? Like, that's the part is like, because nobody carries four quarterbacks these days. A lot of teams, you had to buck them up to carry three. And now you talk about the running back. You got four backs already. We talk about tight end. You could have four tight ends on the roster already. You go to the receiver spot. You got four or six. Like, the offense is going to be very hard to narrow down. Like you said, somebody with a good name, somebody with a good name is going to be on the street at the end of training camp. And it won't be It'll – it'll just be a numbers game.
0: Yep, that And that's what it is. You know, it's, it's the business side of things uh, and not saying whoever that person is that it that becomes, you know, available for anybody to pick up. But it's just the fact that when you're so talented, you can't keep everybody. And and that's a hard decision for the coaches to make. That's a hard decision for the GM to make. But they're in that position for a reason. They have to make those decisions. Uh but I think Taysom, he has a great opportunity because of the fact he can do so much. Oh. And like you say, you don't keep four guys on the roster, four quarterbacks on the roster. But when you got Taysom, he's automatically a quarterback. He's your third quarterback just by nature. You know, so he, he brings a lot to the table. But like you said, it's going to be some big name guys, a couple of big name guys that you think about that's not going to be here.
1: I want to ask you this question because we haven't gotten a chance to talk about this, but – It's a story that's kind of picked up over the NFL, and I think you would be somebody who could give some insight on this. Sean Payton got into a little heat last week um, for talking about uh, Nathan Hackett, the previous coach of the Denver Broncos, who's now the offensive coordinator with the Jets, um, had worked with Aaron Rodgers a number of years, obviously, in Green Bay, um, and is very close to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Sean was very pointed in his comments and about what had happened the year before. I was a little surprised... Not in the fact that he said it, because he's a guy who's, who's going to speak his mind if that's what he feels. I was surprised he named names. And that was unusual for a co- in the coaching fraternity. Typically, coach has no problem saying there was a bad job done somewhere. But just you don't usually call people out. And it felt like maybe there's something that went back a little while with him and Hackett, maybe personally. But whatever it is, when Denver and the Jets play, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, not at
0: all. And – I was surprised he said that, uh, put it this way, I, I can say, I'm not going to say I was surprised, like I said, he speaks his mind. But like you said, I was surprised that he name dropped. Because um, one thing about it, even in coaching, it's a coaching fraternity. It's, a, it's just like it's a player fraternity when you play football. It's just certain things that you just don't throw out there because it could damage the reputation of the guy you're talking about, especially coming from a guy like Sean Payton. You know, a lot of times people think, take what he say to heart. You know, so the fact that he would say that that's one of the worst coaching jobs that in the history of NFL, that's a big statement, you know, directed at a coach already that's still coaching. I mean, that really could have ended his career, honestly. It could ended his career when it came to another team taking a chance. on. So if Coach Peyton get to Denver and say, you know, he did a terrible job coaching, the worst in the NFL – if I'm a GM, if I'm an owner, and now I'm looking at this coach like, not Coach Payton, but the one he's mm-hmm. talking about, I'm looking at him like, well, dang, Coach Payton must, I mean, why would he say that if it wasn't true? I'm a second guess if I would pick this guy up or not, just off his remarks. So I just don't think Coach Payton thought about it when he said it, and I don't think that he realized how how strong his words are and, and who he really is when he's saying certain things. Um, but... The way you feel is the way you feel. I just wouldn't name dropped.
1: Yeah. I, and I don't think, look, people are acting like, well, you know, he, he's he's not going to avoid that He if something bad He knows this. He
0: mm-hmm. knows if
1: it goes bad in Denver that everybody's looking at him. He didn't, yep. He took all that money and he went over there and he came in as a safe. He's been there before. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He's been in this situation. Sean Payton has no problem being the man who wears the black hat. Right. He has no problem. He did it. He sat up in them stands. I I just, I'll I'll never forget the Bounty Gate year. And he came in and they let him come into that one game. And he sat up there and the man smiled the whole time. (laughs) Like he he had not a care in the world. I just, I think he enjoys being the villain. And if you're in, you're in with him. And if you're not, you weren't supposed to be anyway. All he cares Mm -hmm. about is the 53 in that locker room with him.
0: And, And you know what I think? I really think once he got to Denver, and he saw the talent that's at Denver. In his mind, he was like, "How do you screw this up?" That's what he's thinking. That's what I feel like he's thinking.
1: In my head, he's I was like, feel "I dragged my- what I dragged to seven and ten, You know, right? <laughs> you right. Know? <laughs> we were a game out of the playoffs with what I had, and yep. you had this, and y'all and won five games.
0: Exactly. So that's why I feel like that comment came from me. Person, that's how I feel. That it came from. I feel like he got there and he saw the roster and he saw the talent that he had. He was like, Man, how do you screw this up? How do you screw it up? You know? So, I feel like that's where the comment came from. Uh, I think he, if he could go back, he would choose his words differently. He'd probably still feel the same way, which he does feel the same way. But I just don't think he would have name
1: dropped. We're almost two actual games. Thursday, the Hall of Fame game. And we got live I'm football ready. again. Man, just...
0: How how does it feel? <laughs> it feels good. You know, once basketball season is over with, I'm a basketball guy, so I like watching basketball. But it's a it's a time gap. It's a gap between basketball season and football season rolling around again. And, man, when I tell you, I mean, besides doing what I do now, there's nothing on TV. <laughs> so I'm ready for football season to roll back around. I'm ready to sit in front of the TV. I'm ready to watch these games. Uh, I'm ready to see what the Saints are going to do. Because uh, I, I really got high hopes for us this year. I have high hopes for all the time. But this year, it just feels a little different to me, I feel like, this year. Because it's how much talent we have and how much depth we have on that team.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we've talked about the situation before and that the NFC is wide open. But even in a wide open NFC, you better have talent. And the Saints, at the very least, like you said, you look at it from a schedule perspective, they don't play a lot of top quarterbacks this year. On that schedule. A lot of rookies, a lot of very young quarterbacks, inexperienced guys, none of the top 10. They will not face one of the top 10 quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league. So that's in your benefit. You're mm-hmm. in a division that's had this huge overhaul. There's not an experienced quarterback in your division outside of your starter. Um, yeah, all the things are playing their way. It's just really the biggest question you have is. Can they be healthy? Because even if they fumble around and don't play up to the suit, you know, to their highest potential, if this team is healthy for 17 games, I can't see them having, you know, not making the playoffs if they're just healthy.
0: If they're healthy, I cannot see this team going deep into the playoffs if they're because I look if you look at their roster everywhere on their roster. They're solid. They're solid. I mean, of course, you got some young guys on the D line, uh, some young guys coming in, but. Everywhere else, they are solid. Offensive line, like I said, you got some things. Hopefully, everybody stay healthy there. But the quarterback position, they're solid. It don't matter what happens. They're solid at the quarterback position. The running back position. If Kamara got to miss some games, they're still solid. The secondary, they're solid. We just need our corners to stay healthy. You know, the secondary, we're solid. Linebackers, we're solid. You know, receiver-wise, we're solid. Like, where on this roster do... We feel like we're not solid. You know, so if we like you say if we stay healthy, I feel like we go deep into the playoffs. Deep into the playoffs.
1: At the bare minimum, they should be able to secure at least one home game. At the at the mm-hmm. very least. And and if you're going on the road, there's not a ton of difficult road teams right now at the top of the NFC. I don't see that. That that at the I don't see a beast. It's weird. We're about to wrap this thing up and we have not talked a bit about Michael Thomas, um, who for two years everybody's been waiting to see. But I mean, he's still kind of easing his way back in. And and I and you know, as a receiver coming back in, how he's got that time to build himself up. I don't think anybody's expected him to be week one, Mike Thomas, in week one mm-hmm. of training camp.
0: He needs this training camp probably more than anybody on that team. Just to get back into the groove of football, just to get back into the groove of being tired, running routes, you know, because at the end of the day. You can train all day long during the offseason. It's nothing like training camp. It's nothing like actually practicing. You know, when the lactic acid done built up for a couple of days and you still got to get out there and run routes. Training camp is very much needed. You know, even though we hate it, we hate training camp. But it's needed when it comes to your body. It's needed when it comes to the timing. It's needed just to get back in football shape and get back and just being physical again. So training camp is very much needed, and I feel like he needs it more than almost anybody on that roster because he's kind of been out for so long. Let he needs ask, to get back into the field of football.
1: Let me ask you this, and then we'll get out of here. Um, you know, when you have been out, when a guy's been injured and, and missed a lot of game time, and there's been tra- you know transitions with the team, coaches, players, he's also got to get back into being one of the guys, too. Because he, you know, no matter what, when you're not playing, It's not the same, even if you're around the team. You you are not it's not the same level of connectivity that you have. You don't, you're not involved the same way.
0: Mm -mm, You're not. And and the crazy thing about it is as much as your teammates try to keep you uplifted, keep you in, keep you in bondage with the team, you personally feel that disconnect when you're not there, when you just in the training room and practice over with you in the training room, getting treatment. You can't go out there and practice with the guys that that's the best part of it. You know, for me, when I played, I didn't like missing practice. I didn't like missing practice. And it wasn't because for me, I didn't like missing practice It's because my teammates, my receivers, my, my fellow receivers, you already know what you got to go through out there. You already know all the reps these guys got to take. And if you take a body away, that's extra reps that they have to take. You know, so I didn't like missing practice just because I was close to my my other receivers, and I knew already knew what we went through even when I'm out there at practice. So if you take a body away, that's extra rep. So it's really just that that brotherhood that you're missing. Uh, you feeling like you're letting your brothers down because you're not out there with them, grinding with them. You know, they out there putting sweat and tears in, and I mean, it's not your fault, but you just you in the tub. You know, you can't do nothing. You know, so uh, he's definitely feeling a certain way about it. And I'm, I'm quite sure he came back with a chip on his shoulder and something to prove.
1: Man, uh, you know, like you said, get into this week, real football on Thursday. And um, you and I will get back together probably on Thursday to record and, and have something ready for the folks on Friday. But, man, this we, we're here now. The, pot, the pads are popping and we're mm-hmm. ready to play some football.
0: Yes, sir. Look, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to
1: it. Until the next time, folks, y'all know how to keep up with us. Make sure you go to the Believe Network and check out all the great shows that we have. Uh, He is Terrence Copper. I am David Grubb. and This has been Believe in Saints.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early